Hey everyone, hope everyone's doing well. We will uh, continue now on uh, the bottom of Chav Bey's Amid Bey's, three lines from the bottom. So the Mishnah had said, who's carrying that which was, had become Tameh from Tumas Midras. Remember, if, if an Avatuma, a Zav, some Mishnah uh, even, you know, walks over something, um, etc., uh, walks on it, sits on it, it can make that item have uh, transfers too much through too much medras. So someone who's carrying an item which was tummy through too much midras, so they that person can also carry truma at the same time, but they cannot carry something that's a higher level of kadush of, of tara, meaning that being kodesh. The Gemara wants to know what's the difference. Kodesh, my time below. I don't understand why can I carry something that's truma while I'm carrying something that's too much midras, and I can't carry something that's kodesh. Gemara answers me. We're going to tell a number of stories today, uh, stories that happened that impacted the halacha because of a certain certain story. So the the Chazal made certain gzeros, uh, certain decrees because of it. So what was the story? The Amr viewed Amr Shmuel. There was a person who was carrying a barrel of wine, which was kodesh wine, and he was carrying from one place to the other. And the a strap on his sandals on his shoe uh, broke off. Vidnutla, he picked it up. Vinicha So he was carrying the barrel. The strap from the sandal fell off, and he takes the strap and places it on top of the barrel and continues to walk. And that strap fell in to the barrel itself. Vinitmes, and it made the rest of the. Um, that which was in the barrel, tummy. What 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 was special about this ritsua? So Rashi explains in the top of Chaf Gimel Midras Hazav Haisa. Right, this this uh, sandal had become tummy tummy medras from a zav who had been um, who had worn it or was st- stepping on it, etc. Um, and what happened? But he was carrying his hand. And that's why it ended up falling into the barrel. It was just on his foot, so never, nothing would have happened. But because he was, the thing had broken off, this strap had broken off, he was carrying his hand, so now it could, it could be matame the wine if it fell, the item, if the, if the strap fell in the barrel. Um, why did, wouldn't it be matame just, just by touching the outside of the barrel? So the answer is that, that this, uh, this chavis, this barrel is made out of out of klicheres, out of earthenware, which doesn't become tame from the uh, from this uh, just from touching this sandal. Only if only only if the contents from being dropped inside, as connects to what we mentioned last week, we talked about the uh, earthenware vessels protecting items from becoming tame. Um, fine, but this guy he was again carrying a, a, a barrel of kodesh wine. And he was carrying an item that had become Tameh from Tumas Medrus. And what happened? This, this disaster happened that he ended up dropping it inside and it was Matame all the wine inside. So what happened? But Usasha, at that moment, Amru, Chazal said then, Hanosi as a Midras, Nosi as a Truma Valois HaKodesh. Someone who's carrying um, uh, something that's Tumas Medrus, they can carry Truma but not Kodesh. So the Gemara says, What do you mean? <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't explain anything. Find the case. This story itself happened to be, it happened with, with Kodesh. But the same thing could have happened if there was Truma in the barrel. So why not make the, this, this rule also about a Truma? 
Gemara says, Hamani Rabbi Hanani ben Akavihi. This is this approach of dealing with a story, of how you make a, a takana after a story, um, it follows the same approach of Hanani ben Akavihi. Why? The Amrar lo asu ela biyardain ubesvina ukamaisushai. Because he talked about in another scenario, a story we're going to tell in a moment, that they only forbid certain things. We're going to see what it was in a case of a person who was going, crossing this, the Jordan River, like the following story. What was the story? Mahi, what's the story? A person who's transferring um, so you have, again, always refers to the water, the, the, the potion sort of that's made up. If you take a person that comes to a dead body, so the only thing they can become tahor is if they have water that had the ashes of the paraduma uh, mixed into it. Um, it, so they need that special concoction known as mechatas. It's called the water of chatas or efrachatas, which is the actual ashes of the paraduma. So if a person wants, is transferring it from one place to the other, you're bringing it to Yerushalayim from some other place. So you can't take it, you can't carry it across the garden in a boat. And you also can't stand on one side of the river and throw it to the other side. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't, actually, you shouldn't let it, it's in a flask, and let it float across the water. And you shouldn't even ride on, a, on an animal uh, while you're carrying it. Or another person carrying you. Unless your feet are squarely on the ground, meaning you can't transfer it across water or through the air. You have to always transfer it while your feet are on the ground. But you can, if you have a, a, a bridge that goes from one side of a river to another, so that's fine because you can, right? That's, that's fine. Um, so it doesn't matter if it's the Jordan River or any other river, if you're going across a bridge, so that's not a problem because your feet are still on the ground. Bottom line is you have to be very, very careful when you're transferring this mechatas, this, the efrachatas, never to, to let it tra- you know, to go over water unless you are walking over the body of water with your feet firmly planted on something solid. So Rabbi Chanan said, no, you don't have all these extensions to the rule. You don't say, we're going to see the story in a second. But basically he says, you, the, the only thing that was, that was forbidden was actually transferring it like the story that he's going to quote right now, um, which, which was all, only when going across the Jordan River in a boat. Why? What was the story? My Maisa Shahaya, the Amr of Yehuda Marav, Maisa Ba'adam Echad, there was a person who was uh, transferring the mechatas and the ashes of, a, of, a, of the Parduma over you know, through the, the Jordan River in a boat. And there was a, turns out, there had been a body, uh, a piece of a flesh, you know, of, 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 a, of a dead person that was stuck in the ground, the, the floor of the boat. But, and so what happened? If you have a if you have a kazayis of a, of a, of, a, of a body, right of flesh that's that's you know uh, that's on the ground, and a person steps over it, stands above it, like they make an ohel basically, they make a, a covering over that item. So then everything inside the ohel becomes tame, including the efrachatas and the mechatas, which is terrible. You, these very very uh, you know valuable items they now became tame because of this. So at that moment, Amru lo yisa adam mechatas ve'ifrachatas ve'avirim biyadim b'svina. So they said at that moment that you can never, you're not allowed to transfer ifrachatas uh, and mechatas 
on a boat in the Jordan River. <laughs> so meaning, what's the point? The point is that uh, um, what was it that Rabbi Hananiah ben Akavya said? He said, if you're going to make a rule like that because it's some terrible story, so, you know, unfortunate story that happened, so he says we can only do that with the actual specifics of the case itself. You don't make extensions. So the case was in a boat crossing the Yardain, so the halacha is, the new halacha, that, that new rule, okay, which is only a, it's, it's, a, it's an extra restriction, it's an extra, you know, khumra, just to be extra careful. It's not a, this is not a, you know, basic halacha. So these extra strictures can only be, you know, uh, you know, um, commensurate with the actual, you know, it should be like the exact story that, that happened. As opposed to the other, the other opinion that says no. Obviously, what's the concern is is generally the being more careful as you transport this item. So, uh, so the point being that now we're saying that the original case of our uh, our sandal case, right, was specifically happened with Kodesh. So that's why the the, the mission made a rule: if you're carrying midras, you can carry truma, but not Kodesh. Why? Because the story happened with Kodesh, didn't happen with truma. Fine. And so our Mishnah is like Rabbi Hanani bin Akavya. Okay. So Gemara continues to ask, Till now you told me about a case of a sandal that was tummy. Right? The case was a sandal tummy that the person was wearing. Um, so that, that's, that's why it was a problem. But to sandal tahor mahu, do we make an extension and say that you can't wear a tahor sandal because maybe if we allow that, you're going to use a, maybe a different time you're going to wear a sandal that's tummy. Chavitz psucha. The case was a, a chavitz that was open. It was an open barrel, right? That's the reason the whole thing happened. Chavitz tumama. What if the, the barrel is closed and the person wants to carry uh, midras? Is that okay? Because you don't have to worry. It's not going to fall in. And what happens if the person violated the rule? You said that the halacha is now that they can't do this. What if they did? Does it make, the, the, does it make everything tummy? So Rabbi Yilah Amar im avar venasa tummy. Rabbi Yilah says if, it, if you did it, the item becomes tummy. Right? I mean, about we, 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 we make a tummy. Rabbi Zer Amar Avavarnasa Tahor. Rabbi Zer says, no. This is a rule telling you to be extra careful. If you did it, but if it happened already, we're not going to make the item actually tummy as a result. So that's uh, fine. And that's actually how we pass. If you look at the, the little gimbal on the Avavarnasa Tahor, that tells you that's actually how we, uh, the Rambam writes, that's how we pass in, that uh, Avavarnasa would be Tahor. It's an it's a, it's a, it's a extra Chumrah, but it's not, you know, we, don't, we don't actually make the item tummy if the person violated it. Fine. So Gemara has a different story, and it goes to another another concept. Kelim, kelim hanigmarim betaro. So what did the Mishnah said? The Mishnah had said that kelim that are items that are you know finished. You finish, you finish making them while they are tahor. What happens? The halacha is, Rash. Uh, the Mishnah had said, kelim hanigmarim betaro tzurichin tevila. So that another distinction between Kodesh and Truma was that if a Kli is finished while it's Tahor, if it's needed for Kodesh, you have to put it in the Mikvah right away, uh, even though nothing happened to it. Uh, Truma, but if it's be used for Truma, then you don't have to worry to put it in the Mikvah. So Gemara says, what's going on here? So it says, Gemara, the Garminu Man, who finished it? If it's a, a person who knows the halachos and is very careful about the halachos, what do you need to be told in the mikvah for? The person who finished it was careful about doing vatara, so you don't have to worry. So if it, so it must be that the person who finished it was an amaritz, or someone who doesn't know the halachos. If that's true, 
Nigmarim Batara Kalahu, but then why are you calling it Nigmarim Batara? You don't know if it was finished Batara. The whole point is that Amaratz isn't careful about Tum Batara. So how could you even call it Nigmarim Batara? It doesn't make any sense. So Amar Barshila, Amar of Masna, Amar Shmuel, La Olam de Gamrinu Chaver. No, what happened was it was actually a Chaver who finished it. Umishun Sinora da Ama Aretz de And the reason that we are Machmir, um, that you have to put it in the mikvah, is because of the read of the Amaretz that could fall. What does that mean? So Rashi explains, Mishum Tzinur da Amaretz is like 14, 15 lines down in Rashi. Shemanita zaleha rok mipi Amaretz kishachaver os ochez. Well, maybe the, the, uh, the chaver is making this kli, and an Amaretz walks by and he like spits. Uh, he or she spits on the, you know, not maybe not on purpose, but some amount of, uh, you know, um, saliva from the Amaretz could end up on the, on this kli. And if the Amaretz is not careful between Vatara, maybe that person is a Zav, maybe they're, you know, other kinds of Tumah, in which case, now it would make the kli tummy. It sounds like a it's relatively far-fetched possibility, but okay. Nevertheless, because we have the concern, so we just say, put them all in the mikvah just in case. Okay. Um... So Amarav, Barshila, Amaravas, Amarashmal, the Gamrinu Chaver, Mishum Tzinofan, Mishum Tzinu, the Amaravas, the Nafal. So Mar says, Amos, when are you worried about this, you know, rope, this spit that that's going to saliva, that's going to get on the on the kli? Elim, like Mik made the Gamrinu, the Gamrav, if it's before they finish the kli, Halav Manahu, it's not a kli until it's a, until it's a finished kli, it can't become tummy. Right? It's not only only items that are finished kalim can actually uh, become tummy in the first place. Elabasid the Gamrav. And if it's after you finished it already, Mizir Zarba. But if he's a Chavir, he's going to be careful that it shouldn't become, uh, that it shouldn't become Tami. Meaning, before it's finished, maybe he's not as careful with Tum because the Chavir knows that only a finished Kli can become Tami in the first place. But once it's finished, but, but, but then it's, at that point it hasn't been finished yet, so not worried if it's going to become Tami. But once he finished it already, then he's going to be careful. Gemara says the Ola Mikame the Gamre. No, the 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 roke, the spit fell on the on the kli before he finished it. Vidima beinna the Gamre adayin lachahi. From what happened in the moment that he finished it, right? Just the moment before he finished it, the Amaret spit on the on the kli. And then the moment that he at that point he wasn't paying attention. And then the moment that uh, that he finishes it, it was still wet. In which case, it could still be the time of the kli. A very again a very very. Uh, Unusual, unlikely scenario that they were worried about. So the Gemara says, "Fine, but that's that's the concern. Fine, and that's why we require the uh, the individual, even the chaver who's making the kli, to put it in the mikvah right away um, for for kodesh, but it's not required for truma. Fine. So the Gemara says, "Tefila in ha'eriv shemesh lo." So what's clear from the story here is that the requirement, and we're going to see why this matters in a moment, that the requirement is to put it in the mikvah, but we don't require what's called heriv shemesh. Heriv shemesh means as follows. There's some different types of tumah. Sometimes tumah just requires a person to go to the mikvah. Sometimes the, the, the uh, tumah requires a person to go to the mikvah and to wait for sunset. So you're gonna, you go to the mikvah, and then, and then um, but they're not really tahor, fully tahor, until they have heriv shemesh, meaning that's the sunset. So they have gone to the mikvah, and then they have sunset, and then after that, now they're considered tahor. Uh, Fine. The very, the very, very first Mishnah in uh, in in all of Shas talks about the the Kohanim would only eat their truma after they had tefila and the mikvah, and then and then uh, you know Harav Shemesh. They could only start saying Shema after that time. That the, 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 the 
that the sun had gone down. Fine. But the bottom line is, what we see here is that what the commission requires is for this kli after it's been, after it has been uh, uh, created, and you want to use it for kodesh, you only need tefillah. You don't need hair of shemesh. So what you see is masnisin taloker Rabbi Lazar. Our mission is not like Rabbi Lazar. Why not? This nan because we learn in the mission as follows: shvoferish shachalachatas. If you have a a tube or a reed that was cut to be used to hold mechatas in it, okay, to hold that a part of water. Rabbi Lazar Omer yitbo miyad that that it has to go in the mikvah immediately, right after it is um, about to be used. For paraduma, it has to go to the mikvah. Rashi explains, and we're going to see this, we're going to explain that as we move along. Rashi says, Shekol tashmishi para hasuyim bekli hamakabatuma to unin tvila vikodim shariv shimsha yishtam shu behen leparadikilakama. That the halacha is, and we're going to explain why it has to do with the tzedukim as we go forward, that any item that was used to hold paraduma water had to go to the mikvah, but be used before harav shemesh, before there was ever, before the summer go down. So it would be used that same day that it went in the mikvah. Okay? It was to prove a certain point. Okay? Rabbi Yeshua Omer, Yitma Rabbi Yeshua said, No, you don't, you don't only put the item in the mikvah, but you actually are metame the item on purpose. You make it tame, and then you put it in the mikvah. Okay? Um, fine. And the Gemara then talks about Vavinan Ba'at Who's the individual who cut it? <laughs> Who's the person who prepared this? Uh, this, you know, shvoferis, this tube to be used for the paraduma water. Same question we asked before, right? If it was a chaver, a, a person who is scrupulous about halacha, who cut, the, who cut this item, got it ready, this tube ready to be used as a kli, as a, as a what are you putting the mikvah for? So it must be that a person who cut it was a person who's not careful about halacha. So why did Yeshua say you metame it first and then put it in the mikvah? It's already tame. So No, the reason we are the reason we are uh, putting it in the mikvah is it, bottom line is the person who cut it was actually a chaver, a person who knows the halacha, and for the same concern that we mentioned before, because maybe a, a little bit of saliva of an amaretz fell out. Fine. And that's why you have to, uh, uh, that's why you have to go ahead and put it in the mikvah. But they're not done. Because the continues to ask, but in what case? If it's if it got, again, if, if, if the person spit, you're worried about this, the uh, Amar is spitting on it before he cut it. Halav mano, it's not a kli. Ve'alabasu da'chadcha mizar zariba. So if it's after the uh, person are, or, he had already cut that, cut cut it and turned it into a kli, then he'll be careful about it. So la'ola mikmed da'chadcha, same story. It was before he ever cut it. Dilma ba'inda da'chadcha adayin lachahi. Because maybe the spit had got on it beforehand, while before it was a kli, and then it stayed wet while he finished it, and then it becomes tummy. So the Gemara now, though, is going to explain, what, because again, our whole point was the Gemara had said before, our mission is not like a Bidalizer. So what, what, is it, what do we mean? So, so the Gemara says as follows, Bishlam al Yeshua, I understand this whole story according to Yeshua, Hainu di'ika hekeo litzidugin. This whole story makes sense. I understand according to Yeshua that you, were met, that you, that you the, the person cut the tube to make it into a kli, and then you have to metami it first, and then put it in the mikvah. 
and then use it right away. I understand according to Yeshua why. Because it be create because this whole song and dance. Why are we doing this? Because we're doing it because of a concern for the Sidukin, those who didn't believe in Torah Shabbat. Why? Because what what did they believe? That they would always not just be matamid the kli, even the individual kohen who would sprinkle the paraduma water onto someone who was tamay mace, they would make sure that kohen became tamay during that day. They would have him go to the mikvah, and he would, and then that same kohen would be the individual who would sprinkle the paraduma water on the person who was tamay without ever having a hair of shemesh, without having a sunset. As we said before, sometimes. We require tevila in a mikvah and harif shemesh. Sometimes just tevila is enough. The tzedukim believed you had to have tevila and harif shemesh. You had to have tevila and then have sunset, and then he would have to do it the next morning. But the but but uh, but the mesorah that we have is that no, that's not correct, and that really just going to the mikvah would be enough. So what would they do? They would specifically be make the person the kohen tamei. Let him go to the mikvah and not allow him to have hair of shemesh to show that the tzedukim are wrong. Where does this whole thing come from? So Rashi explains that it comes from a, a you know a, an understanding of the of the psukim when it comes to uh, paraduma. That basically the, the, the pasuk says in Bamidbar Yutes Yutes, Parak nineteen, pasuk nineteen, v'zaha tahor al hatameh that that one who is tahor. Uh, sprinkles the paraduma water on the tamay, and based on the fact that the other psukim there already tell us that the coin was tahor, that word hatahor is extra, and so the so the, so Chazal made a drasha that hatahor comes to teach me a special halacha. What's the halacha? That even though he didn't have hair of shemesh, he's still considered tahor, meaning he is hatahor, even though you wouldn't think he was right because he didn't have hair of shemesh. The tzedukim don't make these drushes, and it's also this is already a talacha Moshe Sinai. and the tzedukim don't believe in in in. Uh, in uh Peh, in that way. So they, they reject it and they believe it has to be um the Yasef Harishemish. So they would specifically do it this way on purpose in order to show that the Tzedukim are wrong. Fine. But so what? The point is like this. According to Yeshua, right, who says that you always that you're Matami the Kli and then you put it in the mikvah, I understand why what what you are uh showing the Tzedukim, look at Rashi. Rashi says, Bishlam Yeshua, about 10 lines from the bottom. According to Yeshua, says you have to be time with the Kli first. And then put in the Mikvah. I understand that there's a, there's a, you're showing, you're making a statement against Tzedukim. Why? He gave it a real Tzedukim. Which requires, which, which typically requires Sunset afterwards. And then instead, meaning you, you made it really tummy. And then what did you do? And a tumor that requires hair of Shemesh. And then you go ahead and put in the mikvah and use it right away. Wow, you're really showing off the, sh- showing up the tzedukim. Rabbi didn't require them to take this kli, make it tame, and then put, and then put in the mikvah. He said, no, it's enough. The, the tumor we're worried about from this uh, Amaretz, right? That was enough to uh, make it tame. And then he would just put in the mikvah. That's not going to be enough. If Rabbi Lazar was of the opinion in general that when you uh, that that this tumah coming from you know uh, the creation of a kli that whenever you created a kli you needed to have tevila and hair of shemesh 
So then fine. I mean, again, let's, let's just back up for a second. The whole conversation goes from our Mishnah before, right? Which, which mentioned that whenever you complete a Kli, you have to first put it in the mikvah before you're able to use it for Kodesh. So, our, so the bottom line is the, the, the Mishnah had made, the, the Gemara had made, the, had picked up from our Mishnah that it only required putting in the mikvah. It didn't require Herb Shemesh, right? In general. So meaning according to, to Rabbi Lezer, who doesn't rec- think you have to make this Kli Tameh and then put in the mikvah. You just put in the mikvah after it's made, meaning you're relying on the fact that Chazal told us already in the Mishnah that it's already Tameh enough to put it in the mikvah. So the question is, since our Mishnah did not require, right, Herev Shemesh, it didn't require uh, in general that this item has to, uh, has to, you know, sit overnight, let's say, has to have at least a, a sunset come before it can be used. So then what are you showing the Tzidukim? You just took an item which anyways just needs to be put in the mikvah. It doesn't, it's not like if you have an item that needs to be put in the mikvah and it also needs Harav Shemesh and then you don't do it. So ah, see, we're showing the Tzidukim off, showing off the Tzidukim that you don't really require Harav Shemesh. But this item never needs Harav Shemesh, right? So if that's true, then, then uh, according to Rebbe Lezer, what, what are we doing here? So the point being, must be that our Mishnah is not like Rebbe Lezer. Meaning Rebbe Lezer would, has to be that he requires that anytime you make a Kli, you always have both. Uh, you don't just need putting in the Mikvah, you also need Herav Shemesh. Because that's how, according to Rebbe Lezer, you're going to be showing up to Tzedukim when you don't do Herav Shemesh. Because you would have usually, and in this case, you don't. So the more answer is, no, nah, not so fast. You don't have a proof to me that our mission is not like Rabbi Lezer. He wanted to say that Rabbi Lezer has to believe that uh, every Kli that's finished requires both to, to feel in the mikvah and Tehav Shemesh. Because if not, then what proof is he, what, what is he you know, telling the, the, the Tzedukim when he doesn't do it here? He says, no. So Amarav, flip the page, that no, what did the Chazal do? They did the following. It's true, and Rashi says it. Rabbi Lazar agrees with our Mishnah, and that really any kli that's made betara just needs to be put in the mikvah. It doesn't need harav shemesh. But afiluhachi There's still going to be a shtach to the tzedukim. You're still going to be able to tell the tzedukim that you got it wrong. Why? That Chazal did the following. It's kind of funny. Basically, what they did was they made a rule that any item, any kli that's going to be used to hold mechatas becomes like something that has tumah sheretz. Tumah sheretz is a very significant level tumah. Meaning what? And in what way? Meaning in terms of it becomes a rishon tumah, rishon tumah, usually an item that's, that's ju- that has just been uh, you know, made like this, it's, it doesn't become such a high level tumah. But this they made very, very high. Um, and therefore, Hilkach, Elav, the Paranasis, Betulayom, Zuhaisa, Tricha, Herav Shemesh. So they've made it such a high level Tumah that that level of Tumah, Tumah Sheretz, now requires Herav Shemesh usually. And apparently the Sudukim knew, the Meiri points out, the Sudukim knew that they gave it the status of Tumah Sheretz. So if you made it a Tumah Sheretz, then typically it requires Herav Shemesh. And what did they not do? They didn't do that. They didn't do Herav Shemesh and they used it just with its. Uh, just ha- having the, what's called Tzul Yom, just had gone to the mikvah, but hadn't yet uh, had Herav Shemesh. So meaning, there's no, there's no proof here that our, that our, that our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Yezer. I mean, even, even Rabbi Yezer, Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Shul could both agree with our Mishnah that the halacha is in general, that once a Kli is made, it is, um, it is, uh, it has to go to the mikvah, but does not require Herav Shemesh, and we'll continue from here tomorrow.